Amen. I'll, I'll read the story. It starts on, we're going to start at verse 22 this morning. And I'll read and, and, and we'll jump right in and, and kind of go and unpack it a little bit. It says in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, it says immediately. Everyone say immediately. You're going to show, see that word showing up three times in this passage. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. What's just taken place here is that Jesus has just fed the 5,000 men. Really, it was about 20,000, 25,000 people in total if you counted the women and children. It's been an, a magnificent miracle. The people are losing their minds. They have never seen someone take five loaves of bread and two fish, long John Silver, carry out and multiply it to feed 20,000 people. They are in awe. They are in complete shock. They are ready to make him king. And Jesus says, this is not what God has sent me for. And so he dismisses the crowd, and he dismisses the disciples so that he doesn't allow. You see, the thing is this is that what I've learned in my life is sometimes when things, when the momentum is good, when the success is coming, when everything is just happening together at the right time, I can get caught up with what the crowd wants me to do. And I have to pause and say, Lord, let me get away from these crazy people and be with you so I can receive instructions from you. So Jesus sends the disciples off, sends the people away. The next verse says that he goes up to the mountain to pray. Verse 23, after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. In Mark's account of the same uh, story, it says that they were in the middle of the lake. In the middle of the sea. They had been rowing all night. A, a journey that should have taken them a short period of time. They, they were stuck in the middle and they were being beaten by the elements of nature. They were frustrated. They were scared for their lives. The text says that, that in the fourth watch, which is about 3 o'clock in the morning to 6 o'clock in the morning, in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Now, everyone, everyone say, this is a very spiritual thing to say when you read something like that. Now, that's crazy. That's unprecedented. That's never happened before. That is a phenomenal thing. He came to them walking on the sea. I want you to just kind of get into the story. The boat is being tossed to and fro. They're holding on. They're trying to row. They're agitated. They're frustrated. They're completely besides. They've reached their wit's end, and they're just at that point where, like, I don't know if we're going to make it. John is peeing himself. Peter has just thrown up. Bartholomew is cussing everyone out, saying, why did we get in the boat? We needed to be with Jesus. We're, we're in this situation because we left Jesus. And here's Jesus. Hi, guys. It's interesting to me that the one who created the nature is not affected by the nature. The sea is raging, but because he's above it, he's chilling. Go put that in your notes. That's good. It says, 
But when the disciples, verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. I don't know what they cried out, but if they were from San Bernardino, if they were from Riverside, I mean, they would have been crying out some things that, that some of you still cry out on the 91 freeway. They cried out in fear. And Jesus, seeing their fear. See, here's the thing about God is that the moment that he sees you in, in, in your despair, he speaks a word. And here's the word that he speaks to you. It says that, but immediately, verse 27, Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, take courage. It is I. This is the same type of language in the Old Testament when, when the prophets are, 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 are dealing with God and they're, they're in a place of fear. And, and when they ask God, what is your name? And God says, it is I. I am that I am. It's the same type of uh, language that you, you see when he says, uh, stand still, Sandra, and know that I am God. Take courage. Take heart. Do not lose hope. Do not lose faith. It is I in the middle of your storm, in the middle of the winds that are against you, in the middle of all that life has put your way. Take courage. It is I. Jesus has just announced that he's there in the storm and that the storm has not affected him. And, and and, and the disciples are, are in a place where they're still in fear and still in terror. And Peter, I, I love Peter. Peter's my favorite disciple. Because Peter says what everyone's thinking. Peter says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you. I... I, 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 I grew up in a town called Berrien Springs and went to a high school place called Andrews Academy. And a few weeks ago, a, a friend of mine from high school came to me or sent me a message on Facebook and said, hey, I'll be in town. Uh, it'll be great if we all can get together. If we can find all the people from our graduating class of 1990, I won't say it because I don't want to age myself. If we could all get together, it'd be awesome. So I was like, you know what? I know the perfect place. We'll go to Grapal Thai restaurant and have an awesome time. If I don't like your company, at least I'll enjoy the food. <laughs> so the five of us got together. Ursel was there, and, and, and some of uh, my friends from, from uh, the class of 95 were there, and we were just talking, and we were telling the different stories of, of the things we experienced in life uh, since graduating from high school. And, and, you know, you're asking, well, whatever happened to that person? Whatever happened to that one girl that we all had a crush on? Oh, she's, oh, man, you would not be able to recognize her now. And you're thinking to yourself, glory to God. It never worked out. <laughs> And then we went back to the memories of what happened in high school. And we're telling each other stories like, do you remember that time when Wilbur got body slammed by, 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 by Gerald? And, and then Mr. Lungu, the guidance counselor, came over there and he got body slammed too. Remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Do you remember that time when we were in class and, 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 and you had gone shoplifting at Apple Valley, the store, and, and everything that you shoplifted just fell out of your jacket? Remember that? And everyone's like, where'd you get all that stuff, Jonathan? It's a different Jonathan, okay? 
And we're talking about all these things that we experienced. And, and, and then finally, uh, they started talking about going to the Dominican Republic on a mission trip. And that everyone was invited to, but I didn't go because I didn't want to go to a strange place. I was comfortable in Berrien Springs. Everyone spoke the same language in Berrien Springs. I knew where the McDonald's, because there's only one, in Berrien Springs was. And you want to go to Dominican what? Uh-uh. Ursel went. The others who were at the table went, and they started telling stories of what happened in the Dominican Republic. Do you remember that time when we, when we accidentally landed on a nude, nude beach and, and Ursel wanted to give everyone a cheese ball? True story. And I'm sitting there like, I've never heard that before. That happened? Yup, it happened. And the thing is this, is that sometimes you can be in the atmosphere and in the environment of something, but you yourself have never been a part of the experience. Graduating class of 1995 had experiences. I believe that in every move of God, there's been experiences that people can share. The Jesus movement, anybody remember the Jesus movement, right? The Jesus movement uh, have people who tell you, man, we were in the beach. We were at the, at the beach in Huntington Beach when Chuck Smith and Lonnie Frisbee was baptizing thousands of people. People were walking from the drug house into the church barefoot, still stinking of, of all that they had taken in. And getting saved, we, were th- we saw a move of God. And then there's some people who were there but didn't experience it. The disciples, class of A.D. 27, Jesus has ascended to heaven and they've gathered at Grapal. And they're talking about all the glory days. They say, hey, remember that time when we were at that wedding that Jesus was invited to, but we were just wedding crashing? And, and, and they ran out of wine, and Jesus turned water into, you thought it was going to be fruit punch, because it's Jesus. But he turned it to the best wine you could ever find anywhere. My goodness, I remember taking that jug of, of water and pouring it and watching it turn into wine. I remember being a part of that miracle. I remember that. Do you remember that time we went to the synagogue, and he opened up the scroll and began to preach that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me? Do you remember that, how everyone's jaw dropped and everyone was like, yes, I remember that. Do you remember the time we went to the mountain, Peter, James, and John, and he was transfigured? And the other disciples were like, uh, we, we were down in the bottom of the mountain. We, we weren't there. We were in the environment. We, we could have gone higher with him, but we stayed back. And then Peter, with a smirk on his face, well, I got something. Do you remember that time when we were in the middle of the sea? And the storm had come? And, and we saw what we thought was an apparition, a ghost that was coming before us? And, and, and it was Jesus. And, and, and I said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you. And you guys were freaking out. Paul, I mean, uh, uh, Bartholomew was cussing because he's from San Bernardino, and everyone was just freaking out. And, 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 and I got out of the boat, and I did the only thing that Jesus did that no other disciple will ever be able to boast about. See, the thing is this, is that you can be in the atmosphere, in the environment, but the boldness of your faith will keep you from the experience.
point number one. You guys ready? Point number one. Bold faith calls on God to do the impossible. Bold faith calls on God to do the impossible. Peter is, is, is in the boat, and he, they see this ghost. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them and says, Take heart and desire. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered to them, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you. What, what in the world would possess Peter to ask such a thing? Have you ever asked yourself, why would Peter say? I mean, if I want to, like, verify that someone is who they say that they are, there are other things you could do. You could, you could say, Johnny, if it's really you, Johnny, do you remember that time when we went to the, to the Robert Glasper concert in L.A.? And, and they st- that bassist came out, and you bought his seat. Do you remember that? And John was like, yeah, I remember that. That was the Nokia Theater. It was, it was an, we got in trouble because we came home way too late. Our wives had us in the doghouse for two weeks at least. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's Johnny because that's an experience only Johnny and I can share. And, and, and Ursel can say, do you remember that time we had those cheese balls in Dominican Republic? <laughs> and it's an experience that only he it would identify him. Peter does not say, Jesus, do you remember the time when we were in the mountain you got transfigured? Jesus, Peter says, I want you to do something that's never been done before. I want you to command me to come to where you are. Now, those of you who live by faith, walk by faith, talk faith, and look faith, and everything is faith about you, I want you to understand something about faith and how faith works. There's faith, there's foolishness, and there's presumption. Faith, foolishness, and presumption. A lot of people, I meet them every week, think that they're believing God when all they're doing is living in presumption. I believe that God is giving me a husband. His name is Bill Gates. And I'm just walking in faith. I'm believing. I'm confessing. it, And it's like, you don't, you don't want to tell them. So you just kind of gently say, well, did the Lord say this? No, 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 he didn't say it, but I'm believing it. Peter says, if it's you, I'm not just going to come to you. I need it to come from you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It must be something that comes from God's proclamation, declaration, and command for you to walk in it. Abraham did not just start wandering around and saying, God's going to give me something. Abraham was following what God had commanded him to do. And so him walking in obedience was him walking in faith. You guys with me so far? That's a freebie. Don't have to pay for that one. Bold faith calls on God to do the impossible. Point number two, bold faith is built in faith, by faith, and through faith. Bold faith is built in faith, by faith, and through faith. Peter is asking Jesus to prove his identity. There are so many of us. Have you ever done this thing? God, if you really exist, I need you to send three butterflies to my door and a praying mantis by the floor mat. And if I see the praying mantis praying up to the three butterflies that are fluttering above, I'll know that there's a trinity and that you exist. God, if you really exist, I need to open this Bible, and it needs to tell me Riverside. Boom. And you land in Acts chapter 16, down by the Riverside. You're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> they were praying at the Riverside. Oh, my He exists. He's real. You 
here's the thing about God. When God, when, you come at, when you're asking God to prove that he's there, that he exists, the only way that he proves that he exists, by faith, in faith, through faith. Peter says, if it's you, command me to come. And Jesus says, come. Don't you know that there's a lot of faith in the coming? Jesus didn't say, you are here. Peter had to let go of whatever he was holding onto on that boat. He had to let go and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to come. And, and when he let go of his pinky and, and finally let go of the grip, that was faith. When he walked over to the edge of the boat and started to climb out, that was faith. When he got down to the, near the water and started looking at the waves as they were crashing onto the boat, that was faith. And when he let go and started to walk, he was walking in faith. And the thing about it, Pastor Andrew, is that when God is at, you're asking God to prove himself, he will call you to prove him through your faith. You have to be willing to let go and say, I am going to trust you. I am going to walk with you. I'm going to just keep my eyes focused on you. See, the the problem is that a lot of times we are stuck on how when we should be centered on who. We're stuck on how when we should be focused on who. Point number three, bold faith believes God will enable his servant to walk on the surface of the water. Bold faith believes that God will enable you to do whatever he's commanded you to do. My, my son is four, 14 months in two days. Wow. Happy birthday, Zion. When he began to walk, I knew he could walk before he knew he could walk. Because the thing is that he'd be by the kitchen, uh, or the uh, living room coffee table, holding on to it, walking around it, and then he wanted to come to the sofa, so he would do this thing. And I'd be like, wow, he can walk. He just doesn't know it yet. And so what would happen, Johnny, is that he'd be, he'd be over there, and I'd be over here, and he wants to come to me, and I'd say, no, I'm not going to come to you. You've got to come to me, Zion. And I'd say, come to daddy, come to daddy, and Zion would start walking. And halfway through, he'd realize, wait a minute, I've never done this before. I crawl, and he would fall on his behind. Isn't it how it is in our life? God's called us, and as long as we're keeping our eyes on him, we can do the things that we never thought were possible we can walk the walk we never thought was, was even part of our physiology. We can, we can think the things that we've never even thought. You guys with me? But our focus must remain on him and not on our how. I was talking to my friend Heath at the coffee shop the other day, and Heath was, was telling me about his son and how, uh, secret, I'm always doing sermon research. Sometimes I'll ask you a question. You don't even know that it's going to be in the sermon. I'm talking to Heath, and I'm like, Heath, what do you know about this? And he started telling me about his son and how he took his son out to learn how to ride a bike. And he took him to a parking lot, and they unscrewed the training wheels off of the bike. And he told his son, he says, son, I am going to hold on to you. And his son says, no, I need the training wheels. 
he says, no, 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 son. I am going to be holding on to you. And his son was like, I need the training wheels. And the thing about it is that a lot of times we don't understand that the training wheels only hold up the bike, whereas God the Father is holding on to us. The, the, the structures in our life, your job is only concerned with making the business move forward, whereas the one who's holding you in your job is God the Father. He's the one, he's got his, he cares about you. They don't care, you're just part of the training wheels. Amen, somebody. It's not about the how, it's about the who. Who is your focus on? Point number four, bold faith isn't grounded on what's beneath you, but by who's beside you. The text tells us that he got out of the boat, he walked on the water, and came to Jesus. As a matter of fact, when he began to sink, Jesus was close enough to grab him by the hand. The thing is that he had a moment of, of clarity. He's walking, but all of a sudden he feels a splash of the water on his face, and it wakes him up to the reality of his situation. Whoa, we're in a storm. He was focusing on Jesus, but now he's recognizing the storm. It says that he saw the wind. You can't see wind. You can only see the effects of wind. And all of a sudden, he sees that he's on a wave that's going to and fro, and he, he sees the boat that his friends are on, and it's going up, and it looks like it's going to capsize. And he's like, oh, my goodness, we're in a storm. Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen next? And he's looking at the spray of the water and the waves that are crashing, and he's looking below himself. And he's like, I am walking on water. This does not make physical sense. I took physics. This doesn't work, Matthew Mendoza. It never has. This is not an ice block that I'm on. It is water. And the wind starts to inform him, starts to tell him the story of the outcome of his life. All of us experience wind. But you can't allow the wind to tell the story of your outcome in God. All of us right now are experiencing all kinds of wind in our life. I, I want you to take for a second. We're going we're gonna to participate. Is it okay if we participate? Somebody got really nervous. Oh, my gosh. The last church I was at, when they asked to participate, I had to hold hands for like 30 minutes with someone I didn't even like. They were so sweaty. I was like, ah, your sweat is on me. Hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer. They thought you were speaking in tongues. You're just hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer. I want you to participate. And what we're going to do is I want you to close your eyes with me for a second. No one's going no one's going to touch you. Single people are like, "Darn it." <laughs> close your eyes. I want you to think about every wind of turbulation in your life, whether it's a health concern, financial stress, relational 
If it's your kids, praise the Lord. If it's your kids, I want you to think, I want you to concentrate on it. I want you to think about all the details that are, that are just freaking you out. Keep thinking. Because I'm happy. Okay. What happened when happy started playing? The wind stopped mattering. What if when the winds of life, when you get that notice in the mail, when you go to the doctor's second visit and they tell you that this is not going to work out, when they say this is your situation, this is the percentages of chance that you have, what if instead of looking at the wind, you started thinking, how great is our God? Sing. What if the praise that's happening in heaven informed your situation? What if the focus on the who that has called you to walk upon the waters became more important than the crash of the waves in life? Bold faith does not ground itself on what's beneath you, but on the one who's beside you, the one who's called you. Amen. Lastly, bold faith. Bold faith is <laughs> interesting. Peter begins to sink, and, and Jesus grabs him and says, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And, and I've heard everyone in Christendom quote, Oh, ye of little faith. Uh, you know, I'm going to plant a church. I don't know if it's going to work out. Oh, you of little faith. We're going to do this. Oh, you of little faith. I've heard that all my life. And I think that we miss the point because Jesus is not trying to make the point little faith. The point is doubt. How much, Bible quiz, you ready? How much faith does it take to move a mountain? How big is a mustard seed? Little. Jesus measures the amount of faith that Peter has, but he does not measure the amount of doubt. Point number five. Bold faith in any measure can be canceled out by any unit of doubt. Bold faith in any measure, small faith, big faith, little faith, whatever type of faith, God just honors faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He will take the little that you have and do something awesome with it. He says... Why did you doubt? God's calling us to make a step in faith, to walk by faith. Because we walk by faith, not by sight. Because if you're looking, you'll see the wind. There may be someone here as I close who came to church. And the question you've been asking yourself on the inside, no one knows this question, but you've been asking, God, if it is you that's calling me to a relationship with you, I need you to prove yourself. God, if it is you that's calling me to do this in my life, I need you to prove yourself. And God's response is come. Come. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. It's going to take you believing 
in order for you to start trusting. Because it's by faith, in faith, and through faith that God has proved. Amen? If that person is you, Jesus is saying the same thing he said to Peter. Come. Believe. Let go of the structure that you're holding on to and take a step towards me and I'll prove myself. For a relevant church, if you call this place home, if you call these people family, if you believe that God has brought you here, God has asked us to step out of the boat and walk upon the waters. Because in the class of 2015, of the move of God that took place in Southern California, when we're in heaven, we want to sit around the table in Grapau, because Grapau's going to be in heaven. And want to look around and say, do you remember that time when God commanded us to make a move that was bigger than ourselves at that moment? When he called us to give an offering that was bigger than what we even thought we could give? And we, we, we made a move. We, we trusted him. We, we let go of our preconceived notions and ideas of what was normal. And we did something that was impossible. God does not want us to be at that table saying, I didn't go to the Dominican Republic with you. I never saw the cheese balls. I didn't participate in the great miracle that he was doing in our city. I just was there to see it happen in front of me. He's calling us to be a part of the miracle. Amen? To be able to boast to the glory of God that I was a part of that move. I was a part of that great move of God that saw broken lives restored, that saw broken homes brought back together, that saw the healing that he has commanded on this city through relevant church. I was a part of it. I was in the house. I was for the house. And I had a heart for it. God's calling us to do something. To be a part of it. So in a few moments right now, we're going to give our heart for the house offering. My first notion was to preach a message on giving. And the Lord said, it's not about giving. It's about faith and boldness. And I said, well, God, can't you just do it by yourself? And he said, it's not about me doing it by myself. It's about me building you up by allowing you to participate. And so right now we're going to give, and this is a holy moment. It's a moment that's going to make history in our city. I'll pray and I'll ask the house crew to come and be ready to receive our giving. And I'm going to ask you, to get out of the boat and walk on water with us.